This morning we're concluding a series we've been doing called Meeting Jesus for the entire season of Lent. We have focused on ways people came uh, to meet Jesus in the Bible, and we've seen something unique about each person's encounter, and we've learned something about Jesus from each meeting. You know, imagine what it would be like interacting with Jesus like we interact with each other. And where would you imagine meeting Jesus? And what would that be like? And what would you talk to him about? Some of our expectations about him would be met, and I bet that there would be things about him that would surprise us. In this series, we've looked at encounters Jesus had with John the Baptist and Nicodemus and a woman caught in adultery and 10 lepers and three would-be followers and blind Bartimaeus. Um, What's different for today is that this is an encounter between Mary Magdalene and the resurrected Jesus. It's the first encounter anyone has with the resurrected Jesus. Our scripture for this morning is John chapter 20, verses 11 to 18. Uh, You can look that up in your Bibles. Uh, The Gospel of John is the fourth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. You can also look it up on your phones. Uh, We're going to begin in verse 11, but in the first 10 verses of the chapter, uh, Mary went to the early tomb early in the morning, or went to the empty tomb uh, early in the morning when it was still dark, saw that the stone was rolled away, assumed that someone had taken Jesus' body, went to Peter and another disciple and told them. Then all three of them go back to the tomb. Peter and the other disciple, they go in, they see strips of linen and cloth, but there isn't a body. Peter and the other disciple go back to where they were staying, but Mary remains at the tomb. And that's where we pick up the story. Our scripture reader for this morning is Alicia Cervantes. And so Alicia, go and make your way up to the podium. As she does, I'm going to ask if you're able, please stand and face the center of the room. Uh, We read scripture from the center of the room uh, because for us, scripture is central. It is our primary lens for guiding us in our faith, determining how we live. And we stand because we believe this is the word of God. And so Alicia, whenever you are ready, please read from John 20, verses 11 to 18. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold to me. For I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Alicia, thank you very much. You may be seated. I had an interesting experience at my 10-year high school reunion. Uh, my 10-year high school re- reunion, it was a couple weeks ago. 
Um, a part of my 10-year reunion included going to a football game at my alma mater. So a bunch of us are sitting together at the football game. Now, I hadn't really seen any of my classmates since I graduated. Um, a classmate of mine named Alan comes and sits next to me at the game. Now, Alan and I didn't just go to high school together. We knew each other since we were six years old. Now, again, I hadn't talked to him since high school. So Alan comes and he sits next to me and I start talking to him. And he's kind of weird in his interaction with me. He's really short, really not engaging me at all. And at some point I start to think, does Alan not recognize me? And I, I, don't, I don't think he recognizes me. And I start to think over how much my looks had changed over those 10 years. Uh, so here's a picture of my uh, senior picture. Here's, here's my senior picture, okay? Yeah, it's a pretty good picture, isn't it? Uh, I was voted most likely to become a professional model. Uh, my nickname was Eye Candy, okay? No, neither of those things are true. Those are both lies, sorry. Uh, now, the next picture of me is about a month after my 10-year reunion, okay? So it gives you an idea that I did look a little different, you know, between the 10-year span. And so I would understand if Alan didn't recognize me. Now, I look at both of those pictures. I still don't know what Shannon was thinking when she married me, but uh, too late for her, she stuck with me. So back to the football game. I'm wondering if Alan doesn't recognize me. And so I say to Alan, do, do you know who I am? Do you recognize me? And Alan sheepishly says, to be honest, I don't. And so I say to him, I say, Alan, it's, it's me, it's Chuck Swoboda. And he pauses and he smiles and he says, no, you're not. <laughs> what do you, how do you respond to that? So I responded to it in the most mature way I thought of. Yes, I am. No, you're not. We went back and forth a couple times. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. And so then jokingly, I say, well, do you want to see my driver's license? And he surprised me and he said, yes. <laughs> so I got my driver's license out and showed it to him. And then he finally believed it was me. Mary Magdalene was a close follower of Jesus. Jesus drove seven demons out of her. He mattered to her. And yet after his resurrection, she didn't recognize him. Now there are several good explanations as to why that might be. And it can include things like it was early in the morning, it was still dark, uh, she wasn't expecting to see him, she was emotionally distressed. Um, there's also a really good chance that the resurrected body of Jesus did not look exactly the same as his earthly body. But for whatever reason, the resurrected Jesus is often overlooked. For whatever reason, the resurrected Jesus is often overlooked. Mary Magdalene overlooks him at the tomb. Uh, some of you know the story of uh, disciples on the road to Emmaus. They overlooked Jesus. And we overlook the resurrected Jesus today. And the reasons that we overlook the resurrected Jesus today are similar to why Mary overlooked him then. And it begins with something as simple as bias. We have biases. Going back to the passage, verses 11 to 13. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. 
And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. Mary was convinced that someone had taken Jesus' body. It was the only explanation on her radar. It's what she told the disciples earlier in the story. She had tunnel vision. She was so certain. And she looks into the tomb and she sees two angels. Now, just a side note. Uh, The little tomb that we have uh, set up in the octagon is smaller than probably what the tomb was of Jesus, but not that much smaller. It's pretty close. Gives you a pretty good idea of about the size of the tomb that she would have looked in. So she looks into the tomb and she sees two angels and they ask her why she's crying. And she tells them, they have taken my Lord away. It's her story and she's sticking to it. The presence of the angels make no difference to her. She's convinced that someone has taken away the body. It couldn't be anything else. She had tunnel vision. She was so certain. We have tunnel vision all the time. We have our ways for interpreting life. And our interpretations of life are based on our previous experiences. Many years ago, another pastor was giving a message here. And I was sitting in this room, and I saw in about the middle of the room, there was um, a man, and his arms were crossed like this the entire message. And he had this sour disposition on his face the whole time. And in my experience, when someone looks like that and does that, it means they're upset about something. And so I knew who this person was, and I thought to myself, you know, I need to check on him after the service just to make sure he's okay. And so I go up to him after the service and I ask, are you doing okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. And so then I ask him, I said, well, what did you think of the message this morning? Oh, I absolutely loved it. And then he goes on telling me specifically what he loved about it. My perception of what was happening was wrong. And it happens to us all the time. One of the reasons we miss the resurrected Jesus is because in our experience, people don't rise from the dead. 1 Corinthians 15 says, if the dead are not raised, well then let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. If there is no resurrected Jesus, what are we doing here? Like this morning, why are we here? We believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And since we believe Jesus rose from the dead, why don't we think that he's still active in our lives? Well, it's because of our bias. It's our bias. And our bias leads to a second problem. Our biases blind us. We are blinded. We are blinded to the resurrected Jesus' activity in our lives. We overlook him. As it says in verses, going back to the passage, verses 14 and 15. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. And he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you had carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. She mistook the resurrected Jesus for the gardener, which makes sense. 
Gardeners are a part of her experience. Resurrected people are not. Many times, the resurrected Jesus will be active in our lives, but again, resurrected people are not a part of our experience. And so we will overlook the resurrected Jesus. We will mistake his work in our lives, and we will mistake it and interpret it as something else. We will assume it is coincidence or luck or the results of hard work or anything else but the possibility that the resurrected Jesus is active in our lives. That can't possibly be what's happening here. We are blinded to the presence of the resurrected Jesus in our lives. And so often, Jesus will let us overlook him. He doesn't force us to realize it's him. If we don't want to believe Jesus is active in our lives, well, Jesus won't force us to. And I love what Jesus says to Mary. Who is it you are looking for? I love that question because the one asking the question is the answer to the question. You're looking for me. Well, here I am. And she doesn't realize it. She doesn't see him even when he is right in front of her talking to her. Now, I believe 100% that at some point, the resurrected Jesus has been active in our lives. At some point, the resurrected Jesus has been active in my life and the resurrected Jesus has been active in your life. I am 100% convinced of that. Now, I don't know when or how, I'm not implying that he showed up like he showed up to Mary. I'm just saying that the resurrected Jesus has been active in your life in a way that is tangible. I'm 100% convinced of that, and I'm also 100% convinced that when he was active in your life, you completely missed it. You did not recognize it. I know I have. I'm sure there are many times I've missed it. I've missed him. He has been active, and we don't even know it. That has happened to you. It's happened to me. I can almost guarantee that's happened to you. We overlook the resurrected Jesus because we are blinded to him. And when it comes to the resurrected Jesus, it comes down to belief. There's no way around it. Belief. What do you Belief. Going back to the passage one last time, going back to verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Now, Jesus doesn't show Mary his driver's license to convince her it's him. All he says is her name, Mary. And immediately, her blinders come off and she believes. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus rose from the dead. And for Mary, it's real. And for Mary, it changed everything. The resurrected Jesus changed her mourning into joy. 
He turned her fear into hope. He turned defeat into victory. He turned death into life. And when Mary went away from the tomb, she would never be the same. And then she went and told the disciples. And the world has never been the same. For the past 2,000 years, in the past 2,000 years, billions, billions with a B, have believed in the resurrected Jesus. Now the bar for salvation, it's a low bar. You don't have to do much to cross over from death to life. But you do have to believe. As it says in Romans 10, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's time to stop overlooking the resurrected Jesus. We cannot afford to do it anymore. Life is just too hard. Life was never meant to be lived apart from God. And the resurrected Jesus restores us to our creator. And here's some additional good news. The resurrected Jesus, to this day, still advocates for us. Mary tries to approach Jesus, maybe to give him a big hug or something, but he tells her, don't hold on to me. I am ascending back to the Father. Now, he wasn't saying, hey, I gotta go home now. Jesus went back to the Father with a purpose. As it says in Romans 8, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. He continues to advocate for our behalf. When something good happens, that's a blessing from the resurrected Jesus. And when something bad happens, when we suffer, our suffering can be redeemed by the resurrected Jesus. The resurrected Jesus knows suffering. He identifies with our suffering. And our suffering can be redeemed by the resurrected Jesus. So something good happens, that's a blessing from him. Something bad happens, it can be redeemed by him. And then, when all is said and done, and we have lived our last day the resurrected Jesus makes sure that death does not have the final say over us. The resurrection will have the final say over our lives. The resurrected Jesus makes death temporary. Death isn't permanent. We will be resurrected into new life, into eternal life. And eternal life isn't just life that never ends. Eternal life is the best kind of life. As Jesus said, I'd come that they may have life and have it to the full, that kind of life. We will be resurrected into our best days. Our best days are still in front of us. Because of the resurrected Jesus, we can't lose. It's time to stop overlooking the resurrected Jesus. 
Jesus died for our sins. Jesus rose from the dead. He is risen. The gospel is real, and the gospel changes everything. Please pray with me. Lord, as we revisit the empty tomb, words cannot express our gratitude for Christ dying for our sins, for Christ rising from the dead, for Christ to continue to advocate on our behalf. Help us see the work of the resurrected Jesus in our lives, his blessings, his redemption, and the hope he brings. Help us to not overlook him. We are amazed that after 2,000 years, how the resurrected Jesus continues to change lives and change the world. You never stop working. For those of us who have never believed, help our unbelief. And for those of us who have placed our faith in you, give us your spirit of perseverance. May the hope that the resurrected Jesus gives us transform our perspective on life and how we live our lives. And it's in the name of our risen Savior we pray, amen. And receive God's blessing. May the grace of our risen Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.